What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode. And before we start this episode, I want to encourage all our listeners to please subscribe and rate our channel. We definitely appreciate that. Also, feel free to give us feedback. Like I said, all three of those things, we definitely appreciate it. I just want to start the show off and letting you guys know. And um, here's another episode. I hope you all enjoy it. On the way to the top floor. I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of real, must the motivate. Hold all the moves, I'ma put in play. On the way. On the way, on the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next, but I'm on the way. You ain't take risks, cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way, on the way. This is another episode of Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. Today we have another special guest with us. We have Dalton Grant joining us. He's the owner of GNA Investments. He's a wholesaler, real estate developer, real estate and, um, real estate agent, serial entrepreneur, and owner of Offer Triad. Welcome to the show, Dawson. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And it's a blessing and a huge opportunity, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Definitely, man. Definitely. I, I want to say shout out to my guy, Will, real estate Will, for, uh, for the plug. Like, when I put it, I put out a tweet saying, like, who would y'all like to see at the park? And there's a couple people. They, they uh, mentioned Dawson. So I'm like, let's do it. Right, yeah. Will's my bookie, man. He's killing it in Texas. Like, absolutely killing it. So I'm That's super proud of That's my guy. And uh, just, just to, I just want to say this real quick, just for the whole start. Like, for the listeners, Dawson is 20 years old. You're not even 21. <laughs> Yeah, so, we, we ain't even getting to like all the things he's doing. I just want to say that first because he's 20 years old, man. Y'all need to know that he's 20 years old. So keep that in mind. I think that's so like, damn. So that shows you if a 20 year old can do it, you can do it too. No yeah, excuses. Ain't no excuses for real. So, but with that being said, uh, you mind giving a little background on yourself? Like, what was the start doing? What you doing now? Yeah, yeah. So my, my story is a little bit um, unique. Well, not, not as unique as some, but. Uh, I started at like 17. I was going to high school with a guy and I was like trying to sell cars, right? But kept losing money. Um, and this dude was just taking pictures for, for what, what I found out later was a wholesaler and getting paid like a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks. So, you know, that was a lot of money for me. So I started doing that with him and, uh, his name was Jamari. We were doing that for like maybe a month or two and we did two deals and, and I got paid like 750 bucks, but I started kind of understanding what was going on. So, did that for two months. Um, January came around, I was turning 18 and I started like throwing my money that I was making into marketing. Um, and that was probably, yeah, two years ago and, um, stole my money into marketing and, and not really getting any deals. Cause I didn't understand. I was still like making my own list from tax accessors websites and stuff. So I would, you know, get a deal here, get a deal there. Um, but my big, big paradigm shift was I was still kind of, you know, not really doing a whole lot. And I was hanging out with the wrong people. Um, one of my best friends was shot and killed on like the second month of, of that year. So February. And uh, so everything else I was doing that I probably shouldn't have been doing, I stopped mm-hmm. and uh, took hold of something really, really serious. Um, started, you know, teaching myself um, through YouTube University, of course. And then just anybody in the area that was buying houses, I was, you know, doing whatever I could to understand real estate. Right. So I spent a couple summers I don't know, a lot of months that year hanging sheetrock just to learn um, from a flipper who was doing it, you know, really, really well in the area. Um, and then he started telling me like, hey, find more deals for me and I'll buy them. So he was really um, my entry level way for the first couple months of like to start making and selling some deals. So I started selling him some deals um, for the first year of my business. Like I'll tell anybody this, 
we've been in business for two, two and a half years now. The first year of my business, we only made $80,000. I, I wholesale 10 deals. Um, but during that first year, I was also able to get my real estate license to kind of keep stuff afloat. I was doing two or three agency deals a month, um, bringing in, you know, anywhere between five and 10 grand as well. Um, but I always knew that wholesale was where I wanted to be because I wanted to be an investor. Um, I'm a big guy on just, you know, wholesaling is awesome, but real estate is so many different ways to make money. So then I started, you know, creating strategic partnerships with guys that were in the game, like to mentor me. Right. So like, how could I do free stuff for them, you know, run CMAs or, or find deals at a discounted price and even a discounted fee to learn from them. So along the way, I picked up some really cool mentors. Um, one of my mentors is like 60 years old. He's got over 500 units now. And, uh, I've learned a lot of stuff from him just on, um, money management, building businesses, tax breaks, everything that, you know, business running, I've learned from him. Uh, a couple of other guys have been some huge wholesalers and of course paid for some mentorship and things like that. But, um, going into this year, we were, we were starting to ramp up last fourth quarter of last year. So I went ahead and got an office this year, hired some guys and, uh, then through that, having an office just had agents come in that had opportunities for us. So then after kind of getting the wholesale business to five or 10 deals a month, you know, um, I started doing some other stuff. We, we do some development stuff now. And uh, I have three three agents that are up under me that do agency stuff. So um, super been super blessed to be where I'm at today. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a college dropout. So I, my first year in wholesale, I was also going to college. Uh, place in Greensboro called North Carolina a and I know a lot of people should know that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got a couple of friends that went there. Unfortunately, I don't get to say Aggie pride because I didn't graduate, right? But um, <laughs> once an Aggie, always an Aggie. So was able to hire some really cool guys from there and uh, start my acquisitions team. And, uh, you know, over the last probably eight months, I've had like a huge transition from us making, you know, $30,000, $40,000 a month to almost every month this year we've hit six figures. And that's only because – you know, I stopped being so selfish and I uh, um, started hiring and started spending a lot more money in marketing. So that's really been like the last six months. Um, come on, I'm guys. Shut that. No, I, I don't. Uh, my bad, guys. Um, and then so after that, we've been growing. Um, we're doing some commercial development deals, but that was really just kind of how I got into it. Um and what what kind of drove me to doing this, you know, and now my big thing is, is getting cash flow properties. So a lot of people on you know social media saw that we just bought a six unit uh, apartment complex. That's my first multifamily. So uh, we're in renovations right now. And uh, it's, 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 it's a project, but I'm excited about it. That's man. That's you just said a lot of those stuff that I want to touch on. Man. But the, the, the first thing I want to touch on what I noticed what you said is uh, you you said uh, you started doing free stuff. For people that you want to work with and mentors like the and mentor stuff like that. And that's something that I always talk about is because like people will always like uh want to work with somebody, but they'll come from they'll come with their at the wrong angle. It'll be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what can you do for me? And like the angle you took is you like, I will do free stuff for y'all. So you became a person of value to them. And we always stress that like if you want to work with somebody that's probably on a higher level than you. For them to work with you, you got to be a person of value to them. You know what I'm saying? They just not gonna work with you just because. Because it's a million people hitting them up saying, "Hey, uh, I want to work with y'all or this and that." But it's like, okay, so how's this gonna benefit? Right? What can you like? All right, how can you benefit them? So that's so good that you recognize that even at your age, being so young, when you recognize I gotta be this person of value for them to mess with. 
Yeah, and, and a huge thing that was a component of, of all my success is those mentors. So, like, what I learned really, really quickly is there there's no way to, to cut down the learning curve rather than get in the mud and do stuff that I really didn't like. Like, dude, I weigh 160 pounds, and, and, and two years ago I was probably like 130. I had no business hanging a sheetrock, right? Like, yeah, doing manual labor is not for me. Like, that's not what I was interested in, but I realized that this dude, his flips were amazing, right? So – I started saying, okay, like, what can I do? And, he, and I was like, you don't even have to pay me. Like, I just want to come out to the job site. I'll do what I, whatever I can. Teach me how you're doing these. Teach me how you're getting good contractors. Teach me everything. Um, and and really, all my mentors, I wouldn't say that I've lost money with them. Like, we're that 10, 10 uh, lot unit that we're going to be doing to build separate houses on, I'm having a mentor fund that, right? So we're making money together now. But I had to do a lot of stuff for free to get him to trust me and, and trust my judgment. So now, you know, most wholesalers don't know what to do with 10 acres of land for a hundred thousand dollars. I can make a phone call and be like, yo, his name's Ed. Ed, this is what I have. I'm not a hundred percent. I see some potential here, but what can we do? We're going to buy it together. And, um, you know, he's going to fund the whole development and, and we're going to be 50, 50 partners. So, you know, I've known him for probably six months. So whatever I had to do, you know, to get to that point with him was completely worth it now because we're making money together. He's buying some of my deals. So um, one, one thing I can tell anybody is work for people for free. Don't get taken advantage of them. Right, right. Make sure there are people that can actually benefit you. And, and the knowledge is, you know, so much more because now when I walk into a room, I think that I have the experience of some of these 60 year old guys through leveraging their experience. So I can speak from a place of knowledge rather than guessing or, you know, um, reading in a book and never get to apply it because what they they'll tell me like this is what I did wrong when I was thirty don't do it you know so now I don't have to make those mistakes I'm gonna make my own mistakes anyways but I don't have to make those certain mistakes right so uh, it's been very beneficial for our business that's dope man that's dope that's another thing that you uh, that that you mentioned I want to talk about is you t- pretty much you talked about scaling that's something we talk about all the time and I was just saying uh, recently I was saying how if you start a business you probably should like most of the times you, you really start scaling immediately. Like some, yeah. like some people, like I'm like, don't just look at scaling as an expense. I feel like that's what a lot of people in business do. They like, man, man, I gotta pay these people. I gotta, this is just another expense. But it, it really is you putting money towards your business growing. That's what you're supposed to do anyway. You know what I'm saying? And you mentioned how you, you getting a, you got an office and all that stuff. So that's pretty much hiring people. That's like scaling. So like, I wanna ask you like, what uh, made you realize that like being like again, being so young, you realize okay, I need to hire people. You know what I mean? Get an office, stuff like that. Put money in my business. Right. So the big, the big shifting point for us, uh, for my business and for the people around me that we started this was, I, I was you know maybe spending three to five grand in marketing, and and we would get fifteen to thirty back every month. Right. It, it was just a no brainer. But I kept seeing people saying, you know, if you spend this, you're going to make this. And I, I realized that every time I took a risk a calculated risk, but you know, let's say we try a new list or try a new market. I got a return, but it was, I, I didn't have an abundance mindset, right? I was worried about, man, three months from now, you know, if I spend this 15 grand this month, my bills are $5,000 a month. I, now I need to come up for next month, right? But I wasn't seeing that if I spend 15 grand this month in 30 days, I'm probably going to have a hundred grand. Right. Um, it, was, it was that worker's mindset, right? Because I, I had almost written myself a paycheck for the next year of like, oh, this is what I can expect to make. So once I started saying, you know what, well, I think a big thing for me was my age. I was like, look, I'm, I'm 19 or I'm 20. I can go bankrupt a, a couple times and still be ahead of people. So, <laughs> um, so what I started doing was I was like, okay, 
we we literally in a month's time went from spending three to five thousand to fifteen to twenty thousand. Um, that was me getting an office. That was me bringing on acquisition guys. That at first, you know, I paid them draws. So you know, because you can't expect an acquisition guy to come in and close a deal in seven days and pay for that month, right? So I wanted to be fair. I wanted to make sure they could eat, so they come in here and kill it. Um, so you know, a lot of it went to marketing, but a lot of it went to business building. And like within the first 30 days of doing that, I didn't see a huge return. I could see we were getting a lot more deal flow, but then 60 days we'd made like that next month was our biggest month. And then the month after that was our biggest month. And then it just kept on compounding. So um, it was like almost now I see marketing as a, as an investment, uh, the best return on investment, right? Cause if I spend 10,000 this month and make a hundred thousand, you know, I, I'm not even 10 X in it, right? I'm killing it. So um, I saw my, my marketing budget as an, as an investment and I started actually paying myself first. Right. So like, I, I still live like I'm a college kid except for some car payments. You know, my, my live, my, my living expenses are under 5,000. So I would write myself a check first and then everything else, I don't need it for this month. We're spending it into marketing um, for at least the first six months of, of when we started scaling. Uh, but a lot of it was mindset and roll, rolling the dice on yourself and, and being okay to say like, cause you had to have that moment. Every entrepreneur has that moment where it's like, I'm jumping all in. I'm, I'm going over the cliff or I'm going to continue to hang at the edge of the cliff and just bullshit really till either I, I have to go get a job or my business blows up and I jump off that cliff. So I was like, look, you know, in my head, I was like, I'm going to invest this money. Maybe it doesn't work out, but at least I'll never have this regret of, Oh, I was stepping one foot in, one foot out the whole, my whole life. Right. Mm-hmm. That's real, man. That's that's real. And uh, like I, I always like asking, like whenever we talk to wholesalers, always like asking them about that first deal. So I want to ask you, so how did that first deal go? Like, and was it a, was it a big deal? Was it so small? I know usually probably the first one probably like small deal. Oh, dude, my my first deal was like thirteen hundred dollars. It was thirteen hundred and and almost fourteen hundred bucks. But for me at the time, now it's changed. Like now I see it as my proof of concept, right? That I can do this. I can wash, rinse, and repeat right. and do. But I had maxed out the only student credit card I had with Wells Fargo. So I was able to pay that off. And I was like, all right, I was still working um, and doing a bunch of stuff. So uh, it actually paid for me to get my real estate license and paid for another list. Right. And then for the first year of my business, I was still using my real estate license to kind of make ends meet because you can go sell a quick house, make 3% and keep it pushing. And while I could build my wholesale business. And then in the last year has really been me stepping away from agency, making it a passive income with other agents that work for me and being able to uh, build my wholesale business. But yeah, my first deal was like, um, it, w- it was just me being able to say, Hey, this is what I want to do. Uh, I still didn't drop out. I stayed in school for another six months, but I was like, I, my girlfriend at the time was like studying with me for the real estate exam. So like I could show everybody, I was like, look, this is it. This is real. It's not a six figure check, but it, it means something. I can make it happen again. So I just reinvested it and kept pushing so I was still pulling stuff off the tax assessor's website, like just looking for tax defaults. And um, I was telling everybody, I got some Vista print cards, like a GNA investments, black and red. And I was just telling everybody like, this is what I do. You know, if I was at the coffee shop, I was telling everybody there. And um, I ended up pulling a list that I'd made my own list, um, tax assessor websites. I was using white pages to skip trace, which don't please. If, if anybody's listening to this, Use good data. You'll you'll kick yourself five years ahead of the game if you start with good data. Because I probably could have killed my learning curve by three months if I'd been using something better than white pages. 
But uh, I got in contact with a woman. She had just inherited the property from her parents. And I, I didn't really know my numbers, so I came in a little too high. Um, but it was still like a $10,000 spread. And then by the time that we had a buyer come in, we found out that she had some tax liens on herself, which now that she had inherited the property, it was it was like, like income taxes. They have to get paid before she can sell that property for a profit, right? So she was unwilling to pay it. So we ended up eating up like another $7,000 in, in, in um, our profit because I had to pay for it because the deal wasn't going to happen. And I was so hungry for my first deal. Now I'd have been like, no, you're paying that or we're not doing it. But um, I was so hungry for my first deal. So uh, that ate in my profit. And then the buyer came back on like a $1,000 or, or um, $1,700 uh, price renegotiation or whatever it ended up being like 1300 bucks. But it was worth it. And then... Uh, then I started getting lists and skip tracing with an actual company rather than doing white pages and entering in everybody's information. But, um, and then the momentum kind of started to where, you know, it took me another 30 days to close a deal, but that was a $10,000 deal. So I paid my rent and I put everything back into marketing. So mm, that's dope, man. That's dope. So at, at this point, uh, like how many deals are you doing like monthly? And do you know how many deals you did all together? You probably don't know. Uh, I don't keep track of our, well, honestly, so me, I just started tracking KPIs, like key performance indicators, like eight months ago. So I was still for the first year, probably for the first 14 months, I was just like chasing each deal. Um, so I know from January, we've averaged uh, about seven deals a month, but I was uh, fortunate to get some really high-level masterminding and mentoring from from Carlos and Sal and them in Arizona. So since July, I did that, and I came back and tweaked a lot of our business. I can just tell you our numbers for September. September, we have um, eight deals on the board. Seven of those are out, seven of those, but all these have been up since September first, right? Seven of those are assigned, and we have four more that my acquisition guys are actually on appointments looking at today because we we typically don't go on appointments, but these are ones we had to lock up on appointment. So we should have around 12 this month um, as of today is the 11th or 12th. So we'll have around 12. Um, we typically don't plug out of many deals. So I'll, we'll probably, if we keep those 12, we'll probably plug out of one. Um, and my assignment fees in my market vary from about $10,000 to our best one this month. We just, we just closed on yesterday. It was a $22,000 assignment. So um, we're, we're, we're 10 plus every month now. Uh, but now I'm, taking some steps back and we're doing some critiques on the type of marketing we do. Cause I found another market that I want to be in, um, multifamily space. So <laughs> I just sold, we, we just got an apartment 10 unit under, under contract. We haven't assigned yet. And that's like a $50,000 wholesale fee. Um, so those are bigger spreads. So that's free game. Uh, if you yeah. get it multifamily, it's yeah. stupid. Um, and you can, you know, these sellers are a lot more, uh, realistic with their numbers as well. So, uh, we're, we're, we're doing a little bit of multifamily now and, uh, I'm looking to buy more too. So okay. yeah, eight to eight to 12 is our, our number right now. Wow, man. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. He's like, he wants to say something. Yeah. I just got a question. So yeah. like, would you being so young and like starting this journey as a college student, did you find it difficult for you to like mentally make that transition to being a businessman all in instead of just like, you know, enjoying yourself in your twenties yeah. You know, still being a kid. Yeah, it was it was really tough for me. So my freshman year was my first year in business, right? I stayed the whole year. Um, this year, 20, was it 19 now? 18 was my sophomore year. Um, and I stayed for the first semester. But I had a lot of fears, right? I, I was still very, very like, 
I, I, I only had like, like really two or three people. My dad was really supportive of me and my girlfriend was super supportive of me. But my mom, she, she went back and got her degree. So she was like, don't drop out. This is crazy. The real estate, the, the whole rim and roar of, of the real estate market is going to crash. You're not going to make any money. You're going to be done uh, in a year. So I, I kept setting these goals for myself, right? I, I was set like, okay, I got to make 20 grand this month. Okay. I got to make 50 grand and I would hit it and I wouldn't drop out. So my birthday, my 20th birthday came. I flew out to California to meet some people and like everyone I met with had successful businesses and they're like 20s to 30 year old range. And they're like Dawson drop out. They're like, you spend so much time in class. One or two things going to happen. You're going to flunk out because you're not in class because you're handling business or you're going to, your business is going to suffer because you're in class handling class stuff. He's like, you got to make a decision. And uh, one of the guys that was there, he was like, look, School's always going to be there. They're always going to let you take loans out. They're always going to let you get a degree. That may be something you want to go back, but right now you have something that's working, that's paying you on average fifteen dollars to $20,000 a month. You need to take that and run with it. You can scale that. You know, you can make a million dollars. So he kind of pushed me, um, and you know, I kind of got some blessings from my father. He was like, look, I think you're happier doing this, so do it. Um, and then it, that's when it, like, once I stepped out of school, I – all my fight or flight. I didn't have the flight anymore. I had to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like it was either this business or go back to there. And if I go back to school, all my friends are going to know I'm a failure. Right. So I was like, this is it. Like I'm, I'm going hundred percent. So, you know, the office came really, really quickly. And since then it's, it's been way better. I wish I would have never went to college, but um, it's just one of those things you have to be there to know. And um, there's a lot of temptations in college. And like, I think that I probably have missed out of being a 20 year old, right? Cause I don't go out every night. Um, I think I've been out like seriously five or six times this year because Saturday morning is our best day to call. So we're up here at, at 8 a.m. getting ready. Um, most guys my age are still, you know, dealing with the hangover and stuff like that. And uh, it's very hard, you know, I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Is like once you start getting some success and you're an entrepreneur, it's very a lonely road, right? You don't have many people that can, um, you know, stay in that same lane with you. They can support you and understand what you've got going on. Cause they think most of these people are like, they want that security. And I, I hate security. I want to be able to risk it all every month. So, um, it, it was weird for the first, you know, six months of me dropping out, but it was, it was all for the better. And I would, wouldn't have it any other way. Wow. That's, 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 that's inspiring. Yeah, it is. That's, that's, that's inspiring right there. And, uh, I want to, uh, discuss like a little bit more into wholesaling now for, you know, it's because a lot of people want to get into it now. It's kind of popular. Yeah. What, what would be the so if someone that's listening to this and they think about getting into wholesaling, they're like, all right, I'm at the ground level. Like, what's the best advice you would get them to start? Yeah. So I I think that there if you've never done a deal because there, there's different ground levels, right? Maybe you're never done a deal, then you're at the two to three deal mark and you're trying to expand. Um, if you've never done a deal, first thing is you know, depending on your, you got to look at your budget, right? What can you, what can you try wholesaling with, right? If you're under a thousand dollars, I think that the best way to go is, is driving for dollars and, and paying a reputable skip tracing company um, to get your data. Cause you want to have good data. Uh, that's going to teach you a, what you're looking for in a house B. Um, it, it's just kind of you proving yourself to yourself. You're out. That's literally in the trenches. You're driving for dollars, walking for dollars. Um, I don't think you need any fancy apps. You can take it down on like something like land glide skip trace it off a of CSV to need to skip or something like that. Um, and start and get your first deal. I think after you get your first deal, it's about, I, I wish I would have started putting systems in place, right? If I had $10,000, I should have hired VAs and cold callers and went really, really heavy. 
uh, to get lead flow. So if you get your first deal, it's about lead flow now because this uh, this game is numbers. Right. You call a thousand people a day, 10, 10% of that's going to be interested and 10% of that's going to want to offer and you may close them. So like right now we're, we're trying to call or, or touch 10,000 people a day with our business, with our marketing revenue. So that it's all about getting those numbers. So if you, you got your first deal, you want to start hitting the pavement really, really hard, still drive for dollars to supplement your income. But you know, you want to start getting lists generated. You want to start getting cold callers or shooting text out mailers still work really well. Cause people are all about social stuff now, like PPC. So mailers work really good for me because nobody else is doing it. Um, you know, there's plenty of other marketing, but I would say you want to start ramping it up. You want to, you know, get, get people that are going to be acquisitions for you. that can handle those leads. Um, and then, you know, once you're on two to three deals, it's, it's, it's building a team because that's, that's something that I really struggled with. I wanted to be that guy that was doing everything. And once you start delegating your, your business makes way more money and you, you can actually feed people that are in your business, making money with you. Yeah. That's, like, man, I, 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 it's crazy how so many people, like they really don't like they really don't understand it. Like they they really look at that as another. They just look at it as another expense. Like man, I ain't trying to. I'm trying to keep all the money. But like yo, the more you put into it, the more it's gonna grow. Especially if you hiring the right people, you got the right connections, you putting money in the right places. Your right. business gonna expand. You gonna get more money. Yeah, and, and something a lot of people don't realize is the government's gonna take your money at the end of the year anyways. So I I, I spend as much as I can. Yeah. That, you know. You know? So, uh, you know, you might have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. You might have made that. You don't. You don't write anything off. They're coming to take forty grand easy. So it's not ever yours. Money, money is never ours. It's just coming from me to you and to the next guy. It's never yours because it never stays with you. Facts. That's that's real right there. And uh, like okay, so another I know another thing that people kind of struggle with in uh, wholesaling is so let's say they start the process, or whatever. They got something other on the contract. And I was like, damn, I gotta find a buyer. And yep. you can't find somebody that's going that's pretty much finished the deal and buy the property. So what's your right. on that portion of Yeah, I, I think that that's a that's a huge problem for a lot of people that start out. Um I can tell you what I was doing when I first started. I was and and again, consult your state attorney and all this for the legalities of this, but I was I was listing stuff on Zillow for sale by owner, put in the information sheet, like, hey, I I own the contract of this. That helped me get my first couple of deals. Um you know, and then another thing is, and, and a lot of people sleep on this, but we're, we're making more money on our deals we put on the market with an agent, right? So I, I have the blessing of having agents that I can pay 500 bucks just to go out and, and list my properties. But get with an agent that's, that's comfortable. Say, hey, look, I'm doing my first deal. I'll pay you a flat fee and upsell yourself. Be like, look, I'm planning on scaling this to 10, 15 deals a month. I can give you $500 every deal, right? They'll see the money signs. They'll list your property. As long as it's good in your state to do that. Um, and we're getting 10 to 15% over our, our normal deal fee, um, our assignment fee when we do put it on the market. So that's easy, right? Because your biggest cash buyers list is the market. There's I know so many investors in my market that will only buy off the MLS. Um, and that's just how they roll, right? These old people with money have their ways. So I think that's a good, I wish I would have known to, to be able to do that. Um, Craigslist, I think it's a little played out now. And Facebook Marketplace, you, you run into the whole thing of daisy chains and stuff like that. So other than, you know, networking with investors, those are your first two bets. Get an agent that's going to be able to list it or, or take the risky route and put it on Zillow. Whatever it gets to that first check, right? It doesn't really matter. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know, I know people, like I'll just see from social media, I'll see, I'll see people just saying stuff like, you know, hey, man, I can't, I'm having 
trouble finding a buyer now because on the contract. Like, you know, somebody that can buy it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, mm, that's, that's interesting. So I know, I, I know for a fact that'll help a lot of people that advice you just gave. Yeah. yeah. And making sure your numbers are good too, because a good deal shouldn't, like, our, our really good deals um, don't even get blasted out and they're, they're like assigned same day or next day. Right. So if it's a great deal, it's going to get sold regardless if you put it on a piece of paper and hang it up on telephone poles. Uh, so if your numbers are tight, everything else falls together. Right. Right. And what about uh, what do you think about uh, virtual wholesaling? Is that something that you do or you just do? It? Yeah. So um, I, our whole business since probably January, I use that as our kind of turning point has been virtual. Even in our market that I live in, my guys like unless they won't do it on the email, they don't go on appointments, right? Because I think that we have our ability to run comps really, really well. And I have an in-house contractor that will say, hey, look, in Winston-Salem, Ardmore area, you're going to spend this on a rehab. So, um, and that's all stuff that you can kind of just learn in your market anyways. But we don't go on appointments anymore because that hour drive, an hour at the appointment, you could have made another 100 calls to, to people that want to sell, right? If they don't if they don't get our number on the phone, um, We'll go through a process trying to get that number, but we typically don't. We'll probably go on 10% of appointments. Um, but we also are in three other markets. Um, I'm in a market about an hour and a half from where I live, so I consider that virtual because I don't I don't go there for closings. My guys don't go there ever, um, and everything gets wired down to us or, or done via FedEx or DocuSign. So we're in that market. Um, I'm very, 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 very close to getting our first three deals in California, so I went over to California. Um, and we're in, in a little bit in South Carolina and in Georgia, Atlanta, but we don't run a whole lot of heavy marketing over there. So my, my main markets are where I live about an hour and a half away, which is like the Raleigh Durham area and then LA County. So we, I love virtual stuff because if your numbers are good and you've got good people in house, I mean, you know, it all happens over the phone anyways. Right. So you, you, you most more than likely lock up your deal on the phone by building a quick rapport with your seller and getting the numbers that appointment stuff is just kind of a, you know, a, a final touch. And we, we've been able to kind of get out of that. And it saves a lot of money and time too. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you're um, analyzing a deal, what are the like hot items you're looking for to tell you if it's going to be a good deal or not? Right. So um, the first thing, and this is something that you can't really teach is, is hearing those pain points and the motivation from the seller. Because even if they're $500,000 over what you can pay for it, if they've got the motivation and the pain points, a good sales guy can extract that to get where we need to be. So I, I could care less if the house is, is four, four by fours and a piece of roofing if I can get at the right price. Right. So if they have a lot of motivation um, and that stuff by like saying like, Hey, my tenants don't pay on time or I'd rather just burn that. I've had a seller tell me I'd rather burn this thing down. So those are huge things, right? Um, those are the first things like how your seller is interpreting you, how they, they display their motivation and pain points. And then another thing for our market is, is if it's going to be a good deal, uh, I'll have my acquisition guys kind of ask questions about the house. Like they'll say, Mr. Seller, you know, if I was there with you right now, what would you tell me about the house? And that's how we start getting our repairs, right? Because um, the sellers want to talk and we let them talk. So they'll be like, you know, Mr. Seller, tell me about the kitchen. Is it granite? Is it uh, vinyl? Um, do you have silver appliances, white appliances, black appliances? And based off those things, you know, we can kind of get an idea of the date of the house, you know, how dated it is, how much work it needs. Um, and then we kind of really go from there. But um, I would say that 90% of this business is being able to negotiate, but always let them think they won. So if they're motivated and they have pain points, you know, it's a deal regardless of how the house looks because they're going to sell it to you at the right price. Mm.
That's real. And I want to ask you about this because uh, this is something I see a lot too. Like I see a lot of people wholesaling. Mm-hmm. They're making good money, but they don't like own anything. And as we yeah. know, wholesaling is that's that's earned income. You got to put hours in there to, to get the money. And I feel like this, my point of view is you should be using your wholesale money to create uh, streams of income that you don't got. You ain't got to put no energy into right. really. Probably a little bit. So what do you think about that? People making money, but they're not putting it back into owner. It could be buying property or whatever. Yeah. I I say this on my Instagram story probably once a week. I I think that people, you know, wholesaling is popular right now, but there's hundreds of ways to make money in real estate, to make passive money in real estate. So um, the the way our company, uh, you know, I have my company structured is 25% goes back to marketing. I probably take 10% a month and the rest goes into either one of my self-directed IRAs or a company account for purchasing assets, right? So those don't have to necessarily be real estate assets, right? Uh, whatever makes money, it makes sense. Um, but we'll, we'll take that. And I'll, I just bought that six unit apartment complex out of my IRA. And that's something that we're going to have about 150 to 180,000 invested, all private money, only 30,000 came out of my pocket. Um, and that's going to pay me between 3,500 and 4,000 for the rest of my life. That that's what some people make every year. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I, I made some mistakes really early on this year. I bought like this year, I bought four cars and like, it was just, I got one of the, yeah, man, uh, <laughs> I got one of those things. It was like, you know, trying to prove something to myself. And I, I bought, um, I was driving an older Mercedes that I had paid off cash and in February, I bought a Scat Pack Charger, another Audi, and then um, got into like a lease thing with this lease to purchase and bought an R8, right? right. Uh, probably eighty to 90000 in de- down payments and payments. Um, and I ended up just not, I was like, I, I was sitting in this car that I had a $60,000 loan on. And I was like, this is not going to pay me anything other than building that rapper brand that I'm not interested in doing, like the, 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 the lifestyle of, of wholesaling it's not really paying because I don't have a brand that I can sell stuff on. So um, I, I sold a lot of the cars and then I started buying assets. And like now, like, you know, I get between six to $10,000 a month in just passive money. It's money that I don't have to do anything for, you know, that's six figures a year and that's not including my six unit. So like, I'm good. Like, you know, my I'm good for the rest of my life. I can live on that. So that was the big shift of mine. And now like I, I want to have a hundred units by 21. So, where I'm looking at buying another 10 units or, or wholesaling it. And then I'm uh, going to probably build 60 units with a, with a partner and share equity in that. So like now I'm, that's all I'm trying to do is buy units. Um, I, I think that what a, a lot of wholesalers have to realize is you still have to go out and chase that, that deal. Even if you've got the best systems, you sit in your office, you're spending money to chase that deal with, with re- passive income. You're not chasing anything. It, it comes to your doorstep every month, every first of the month. And that's a really good feeling once you have it. Cause you know that you're certain, you know, living, you know, your family, your kids, your cell phone bill, it's taken care of. Now what my wholesale company does is just icing on the cake or my development company, icing on the cake or flips icing on the cake. Cause now that's extra money. Right. But my, my primary needs for my family and me are good. So that that was my big shift. Like those cars weren't doing anything for me other than get me speeding tickets, anyways. Right. And some, something I want to say because you said it real quick. You just about, you just kind of brushed by it like it was an no big deal. I just want to say, you said he he got six figures in passive income. He's twenty years old. 
Like if that if whoever listening, if that ain't motivating enough, I like I don't know what to tell you. He's 20 years old and he pretty basically, I'm just feel like this for those who might not understand that basically he'll never have to work another job in his life. He's only 20 years old. He's 20, like, <laughs> like, 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 uh, I tweeted that on myself. I was like, you know, all my, all my, uh, my expenses are paid for by passive income. I ain't got to work another job again. I'm 26, though. He's 20, and he already, so it was like, you know what I'm saying? So, that, bro, just salute to you, like, for real, for real. Like, that's, like, like that's, that's super, uh, motivational to, to me, and I know our listeners as well to be doing it. Yeah, and it, it is, like, a lot of people, I think, Think it's cliche, but that the freedom, right? To, to I'll never leave the business because I love it so much, and I that I found the thing that I'm truly passionate about, just building businesses that make sense. Um, not necessarily always real estate, but um, having the ability to say, okay, look, if I decide to just take a month off because I need it, you know, I need that mental break, I can do that. My bills are still going to get paid. Really, my company bills are still going to get paid. Um, it, it is it's very freeing, and it, it gives you a different mindset when you walk through you know, life every day, you're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, if something pops up, I can go handle it rather than be like, damn, I got to go clock in or rent doesn't get paid next month. So it is really nice to have, um, but it's, it's really attainable too, which is, that's the big issue. Like you don't have to start off with a million dollars to get six figures. You know, I can tell you that currently I have close to probably like 750,000 in private money loans, but it didn't cost me any money. Like I, I other than the only property I spent money is my Cherry Street six unit because we had to buy it before it foreclosed. So I couldn't get funding lined up quick enough. And it was a fire property. So hard money didn't want to lend on it. Um, other than that, all my other investment properties, I've never spent other than closing costs. I don't bring out any money in pocket out of pocket. So it's really attainable. And that's not something that you have to have an education for. You just have to start working and making those connections. And private money is beautiful, but institutional money is there too. Hard money, FHA loans. I mean, there's so many ways to start building that passive income. Maybe you don't do it in a year or 10 years, but in 15, you're good. So like, it's, it's that long, long-term mindset that a lot of people, I really hope and pray that they get that because then it's like, man, that's forever. You're, and then you start using your properties to collateralize and buy more properties, right? Like the 60 unit development we're doing is going to be in Miami. It, it's the build alone is $11 million. And I have a partner in that. So it's not on me. But I'm collateralizing my properties that I own at Free and Clear, and he's doing the same thing. We're bringing like $150,000 to the table to close on $11 million. So if you think about that, I've spent 30 plus another 75 grand to own over 20 million in property and equity in property. Mm-hmm. So you can do it. It's not, and it's not, people will tell you this. The people that are already doing that have no problem giving you this information. It's on YouTube, it's in books, it's everywhere. Right, right, and that's real, and that, that's that's another prime example when I say people, the information is more important than the money when you're trying to get money. Yeah. Even though that's what you did, a lot of people might hear that say, "Well, I ain't even got 150." Okay, take that on the smaller level. Say if it was a deal, like you put ten thousand towards, you could get with ten thousand dollars. A lot of people don't realize you could get three hundred, four hundred dollars worth of assets if you got the right information. You know how to, right. how to use loans and different shit. Like if you got that's the information is. Like much more valuable, like most of the time, than the actual money for real. But you just gotta, you gotta take the time to go dig for that information. Go get it. Yeah. If you're not gonna go get it, learn it, and then when you learn, it, you gotta actually apply it. It's irrelevant. So yeah. yeah so for you to like to even do a deal like that, it's crazy. And and the biggest thing too with the information thing is like 
the guys, you know, it's funny because it's, it's a big, it's a huge stereotype. But with the board shorts on and the flip flops, <laughs> beat up trucks, you sit down with them and have coffee. They want to have somebody to talk to. Like my, right. my guy that I started getting mentored by for the buy and hold with the 500 units. I literally took his parking space one time in our office complex and I went over to apologize to him. He's like, what do you do? We started talking. He's like, man, would you like to have coffee with me every Sunday? I was like, yeah. After he, And then, you know, I didn't even know. I just, he has a good business. He runs a construction business too now. So I wanted to learn about running a business. And then he, he kind of dropped the bomb on me. He's like, yeah, I'm about to sell six and a half million dollars worth of property. And I was like, what? You got six and a half million dollars worth of property? He's like, yeah, that's a third of it. And I'm just mind, like I'm sitting in the Starbucks like about to shit myself. I'm like, holy shit. And so this guy, he makes close to 120 a month after debt service, after expenses, after taxes, after insurance, he makes $120,000 a month. You couldn't tell it, but you know, I drive up in a really nice car in the office and he, he's laughing at me one day. He's like, yeah, that's really cool. I have a plane. I'm like, Ed, you're lying. You don't have a plane. He shows me a picture of him flying his plane. So like that leveled me up all the way. I'm like, dude, he's driving a beat up avalanche. I'm in this $60,000 car and he's light years ahead of me. I need to do whatever he's doing, however he's doing it to get there. So I sat down with him. I mean, we still sit down every Sunday and he drops like free game on me that he doesn't even know is free game. But I'm like taking notes and I take notes. I've got a binder of notes when I sit down with him. And that's just, he's just willing to give it. You just got to have the time and willing to be, to sit through his stories all the time, but it's worth it. 100%. <laughs> no, that's, that's real, man. I, I, man, I tell people all the time, especially like people where I'm from, because like one part, like a lot of people think, like you know, what I'm saying, you, if you got money, you you can see it on you. Yeah. But I'm like, all the people, the 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 richest people I know, the richest people I talk to, you have no fucking clue. Like you would have, like you would be thinking, like, oh, that's just, if you seen them walking, you like, oh, that's just the average dog, like no big deal. You talk to him, like I I I got a friend of mine, he was he was on a phone call, he was telling me I used to do a thirty million dollar deal. Like a, a real estate deal or whatever. So I'm like, yeah. but if you seen him, because he 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 stay regular. He don't he don't like he don't wear his money. So you yeah. you don't have no fucking idea. That's what I'm like, yo. For, for y'all that's flashing out there, like it's cool. I understand, especially like for branding purposes. But if you like spend it excessive amounts of money on that that you probably don't have, you you really out here moving foolish because it's people that really got it that they ain't doing none. And the people that really got it look at us like we're stupid when we do that. <laughs> so I was super excited about this car that I bought. And he's like, dude, I, I lost some respect for you right then. I was like, why would you buy a car that's depreciating? And I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. Like the people that we want to impress, mm-hmm. we could care less about Gucci, anything like that. You know, yeah. um, you know, I think it's, but on, on a flip side, you know, when you're running a business, you have to dress professionally, but that's a $30 pair of pants and a $20 t-shirt, or, you know, right. button up. Um, you don't have to, you, you know, my mindset is I'm not where I want to be yet. So that can happen when I'm making $120,000 a month passive. Then I, you know, then you go buy a Gucci shirt and feel good about it. But, you know, everybody has their advice, you know, watches, clothes, money, you, food, women, whatever. Right. Um, and you, you deserve to have that. But it's it's a time and a place, you know. So like I went, I went, we were in Arizona with the all in guys and we went to a club and like, there's guys in the club spending two thousand dollars on a bottle, and I'm like, that bottle outside the club is tw- like two hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, like Ace of Spades is two hundred fifty bucks. I'm like, y'all are crazy. I was like, okay, I'm ready to go home. Yeah, this isn't the right, you know, <laughs> outside of this because I'm not, I'm not doing it. I said, hey, I'm not even enough to be in here. B, I was, I was 
I would beat myself up for the plane ride home uh, for spending that type of money on a bottle. It's like, nah, I'm good. So, you know, stuff. it's a, it's a mindset shift because everybody wants to, you know, show how much money they got. But then when you, when you have those people that say, like, I could care less about your money, you know, because I got 10 times it, right. you realize you know, you're, you're spending money at the wrong places. It's something I also want to ask you is because I'm interested in seeing like with you being 20, I'm real interested in seeing like where you will be at like 30 or even like 25. Like that's five years from now. Like because I know when I was 20 compared to 25, I was a completely different person. So I'm yeah. interested to see like your transition, like where you like where do you think you will be around 25, 30 years old? Man, so so I, I do everything like. As of recently, I do five-year, three-year, and five-year plans, right? So ideally, where we want to be at in three years is I want to be in five markets wholesaling, making, making you know, six figures a month in each market. Um, I, I really do like running a lean business, so each market will probably have two to three acquisition guys. Um, but a part of that, also, you know, by 21, I want to have some type of equity in 100 units. So by 25, I don't think if I can do 100, you know, I got – 23 units right now. So I got like a lot of work to do. I got like 77 units to get um, by January. So if I can do that in three months, I don't see why I shouldn't have a thousand units by 25. Um, but the next, the next big thing for me is development. I, I really got interested in development. Um, so I want to have some more commercial development going on. And then, you know, the end game is, is, is being able to provide a business structure that pays you, but pays people around you. And uh, then I have that freedom. If I want to, you know, hop on a plane and go somewhere, out of the country for a month, I can do that. So I'm not yet where I want to be. So it's just uh, staying on God's path and um, seeing if I can, you know, keep keep running it up and, and helping people along the way, um, and and making a lot of money in the in the meantime, I guess. Um, we, 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 oh, we gotta pause, we gotta pause for a second. He said something else. He kind of just brushed around real quick. I'm like, hold on, hold on. We got you <laughs> gotta stop for a second. I'm like, so you he said he got 23 units. Like I said again. Yeah. 20 years old, you got 23 units. So if it's not inspiring you listening, you want to get to real estate, you're like, man, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? This, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, the like other day, I tweeted, promise up, I tweeted, I'm like, yo, I'm like, if you got 20 units that's cash flowing at least $500 per unit, that's $10,000 per month in passive income. And somebody responded back, he was like, Wow, like it's really that easy to get like happy. That's like pretty much impossible to get twenty units. I'm like, dude, it's like, come on, bro. Like, where, where are you? it's not. It's, it's really not. And you're a prime example, so I want to ask you. Like, it might take. It's gonna obviously it'll take time, especially if you ain't got like money. It's gonna take time to acquire twenty units. But you could that you could definitely do it if you grind it. Like, you could do it in a in a two years span for real if you like grind it. So I want to ask you, how did you acquire twenty three units? Yeah. So. Our, um, I've got the six years, my first multifamily, we're going to do another 10 that we've just purchased. Um, I had another 10 that I decided to, to wholesale. Um, but the other things were single families and duplexes. Um, and I, what I'll say is the first unit is the scariest, hardest and worst process. So my first unit was a duplex really close to A&T. Um, I had a, a partner that we were doing a little bit of wholesale together at the time. And I was like, man, like, I don't know if we should get this thing on the contract. The seller was super savvy. And basically the seller made it, you know, my, my guy that I was doing it with, he was going to find the buyer. We were doing like a JV. And he's like, no, I can sell this. I can sell this, right? So get 10 days into the contract. The seller changed our contract a lot. I was unaware of that. So we couldn't really get out of it without losing like two grand. 
So um, we couldn't sell it for a couple of reasons. The neighborhood wasn't that good and the whole other one side, A, needed to be completely gutted. So we got like 15, 20 days in, had no offers. So I was panicking. I was like, man, I don't really got two grand. I just want to flush down the toilet, right? I got the money, but that's a waste of money. So I was like, okay, what do I got to do to, to buy it, right? So I started like going Facebook groups, Google, everything for hard money because I didn't have proper money relationships. Um, and I ended up getting a hard money at like three points up front and 12% interest, which wasn't terrible. I get it for a lot cheaper now, but um, at the time for me being like I, I was 19, so and I had no income that was really documentable other than wholesale, which was like 15 grand one month, 10 grand and then nothing. So um, I got my hard money loan. We end up purchasing it for 30, put another 20 in it, and it rents for 750 a unit because we do it by bedroom, right? We're really close to A&T. So it was a nightmare. I lost a lot of money on all the uh, renovations. I just like I just didn't know what I was doing 100% yet, and the hard money was a, a nightmare to refinance out of, but it still cash flows. Um, I probably make – I think I make 500 bucks a month off that property, um, and then I started getting the 500 buck checks, and, and it wasn't like $500 for me – um, doesn't change my life. Right. You know, if I if I get an extra five hundred bucks a month, it's great. But it was like my my car payment at the time and insurance. So I was like, man, I don't got to worry about that car. So then I started the wheel started turning, and uh, every deal that we could get owner finance for like the next five or six properties, I bought five thousand dollars down. Um, all of those cash flow between five hundred to eight hundred bucks a month. And then I started actually looking like from other wholesalers, like, yo, you got really great buy and holds send them to me, I'll buy them. I got some private money that was willing to lend on it. And I refinanced all my stuff out to a traditional 30 year AM mortgage now, but I just started buying what I could. Um, but the first one was definitely the worst one. Um, but it, once you pop that cherry, you get that little bit of cash flow, even if it's a hundred bucks, that's, that's a really nice dinner with your girlfriend that you don't got to worry about. It's, it's on the house. Um, so then I got really addicted to like, everything was in cash flow terms, right? Like I, I want to go buy this car. How many more rentals I got to buy? Or, you know, I want to go on this trip. Okay, I go buy a rental that's going to make me a thousand bucks for the next three months and then I'll take that trip, right? So um, I got into that. I think I had 15 units by February. And then um, that was including, well, now 23 plus six will be the 29. And then I had 15, um, got the 10 unit and got the six unit really, really closely together. So in February, I had 15. The last two months, I bought the 10 and the six. And then I got one small house that I got from a foreclosure auction. But um, and it just started, I started getting addicted to cash flow. And then, then I realized, like, okay, now I'm making more than what people make a year. And I just have more freedom. And, and now I use all those to collateralize my next purchase. So uh, even flips, I'm using all my buy and holds, like taking out lines of credit for my buy and holds and stuff like that. Um, and now my goal is to take the 20, 26 or 29 that I'll have and collateralize that into the 60. And I'll be really, really close to 100, and I'm just going to pick up a few in December uh, when the market's really cold and, and try to buy some and have them all renovated by February. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all, man. That's cold. That's cold. It's for real, man. But it, it, it's just having a plan. Like, it, even if it's one a year, find out how much you have to save for down payment, get a regular conventional investment loan and do it. it you know, you don't have to move on our pace or your pace. Right. It's your own pace. Like, if it's one a year for the next 10 years, because everybody needs that number, right? I have that number in my head that I can live all passive and be happy. Um, everybody number is different. I know a lot of guys that got 15 rentals and they're happy as heck. They stay at home. That's not my number, but it could be yours. And, and that's very, very, very attainable. Um, get equity partners, get investors that want, you know, you find the deal, they fund it, they fund the flip, 
you've got 50 percent equity i do that on a lot of deals um on flips and holds right so like the 60 unit i'll be an equity partner i don't own them all outright but i own more than i could have as a 20 year old by myself mm-hmm. man what what i really like those how you mentioned that whenever you want to buy like a new car or a certain liability your first step is to always buy an asset that's going to pretty much fund that purchase right yeah and, and that's a, a really good mindset to have i mean even for closing stuff just get something that's going to pay you before you pay them that's that's cold, man. Yeah, that's one you got anything else? No, that's it. But yeah, in, in wrapping oh, wait, up. Wait, one more question. <laughs> one more question for you. Um, one thing you did mention is that you have your real estate license, and I do too. But mm-hmm. I know a lot of people when they talk to me about getting into real estate, especially with the um wholesalers, the new wholesalers, they always yeah. ask, "Well, do I need my real estate license and all that?" So my question to you is, do you think? it's necessary for a wholesaler to get their real estate license and how can it be beneficial? Yeah, I, I think 100% it's not necessary. Um, you don't have to have it, but I can say that it it has, especially starting off, my real estate license has made me money where I wasn't making money in wholesale to pay my bills, right? Um, and I'll be super open with that. Like some months I had two agency transactions to help me pay my bills so I could continue to feed this beast of a wholesale company. So um, I think it gives you access to the right people. It gives you access to MLS in the area. Um, and, it, and it's another source of income, right? So uh, a lot of wealthy guys say you need seven. So why not have agency and wholesale as your first two? Um, and, and you run into situations where you may have a buyer for a property or a seller that you can't wholesale. Now you can list it, still make 3%. It's not as big as the wholesale fee, but it's still money going to you rather than somebody else, some other agent from Caldwell Banker coming and getting it from. So I, I saw it as there's so many ways to make real money in real estate. I'm going to focus on five or six, but I'm going to go hard on all five of those six because why, why leave money on the table? Exactly. Yeah, that's real, man. You, 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 yeah, you, you, you about to, uh, man, like I said, I'm super interested in, in seeing where you're going to be at like 30, man. It's going to be crazy but you, for you to have this understanding and actually not only to understand it, but applying it and going at 20 years old. It's amazing for real. I appreciate like, that. Yeah, man. Cause I, tr- I try to, I try to like tell like all my uh my the, the, my little homies I got like from back home and stuff. That's like 2021, 20, 22. I be trying to tell them to like, yo, if you start right now, you 21, 20 years old, you'll be straight by the time you get to 30. And, but they don't like they don't really process. Like I'm saying, it's not really it's not really there yet. They too busy like you know saying all the extra stuff. Focus on that. Yeah, and it's tempting. Like, you know, I, I got a lot of buddies that try to start it and they, they get caught up with the parties or make a couple dollars and spend it all. But I think that if you want to be different, you got to do different. And, like, I I had to talk myself into this a couple times, but I'm like, Dawson, you know, three years from now, when you can do whatever you want, buy whatever you want, you'll, you'll think of those two years as just an investment and I had to grind to get where I'm at. So I'm by nowhere, no, no means where I want to be, but I, I'm – like I'm so blessed that, that real estate fell in my life because it was just something that I got instant traction from and like was able to just, you can do it. Like there's no education needed other than your license for five weeks, but you can, you can make a million dollars in real estate by YouTube and talking to the right people on social media. Cause like guys like me, Will and you, I drop game. Like I'll, I'll tell you exactly how to do it even in my market. Cause I, I have that abundance. Like I'm like, I want you to make money, get out of that corporate cycle, come make money with us. So People will teach you. I'll teach you. I mean, of course, I can't give you every hour of my day, but like, I know that there are guys that will will help you for free 
just because I want to see the next guy level up. That's it. That's real, man. That's perfect. All right. And before we wrap up and let you go, man, I just want to say we definitely appreciate you taking the time out to come talk to us, man. Chop up some good game, man. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. We we love and support what you're doing, man. So if you ever need us, yeah, I appreciate you, feel free to hit us up, reach out, whatever, man. Yeah. yeah. I think this is super, super impactful what you guys are doing, too, because people need to know this stuff. We don't get it in high school and college. So you're, you're giving the people the next step. Like yeah, you can take three learners a day and make a million dollars. And I hope they hit us up and be like, man, this podcast changed my life. This is what I'm living. That's, that's what I hope, you know? So that, it's awesome that you guys are doing this too. Cause like people need it. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Thank you. And before we let you know, yeah. I'm plugging in all your stuff so people can find you, contact all this stuff. Yeah. So Will got me on Twitter, man. I don't really be on Twitter, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a big Instagram guy. That's what I be on. But uh, Twitter's just at Dawson Gant. That's D-A-W-S-O-N-G-A-N-T. And then my Instagram. See, I don't, I don't be on it like that. But uh, it, it is official underscore Dawson Gant. Same thing, but just official underscore. So I'm on both of those, man. Anybody that needs me, my DMs are always open. And uh Stay tuned for my Cherry Street project, man. We just got dem- demolition done, so I'm excited about that. My six unit, so I'm gonna put that on Twitter too. All right, y'all. I appreciate it, man. All right, y'all. That was another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets podcast with Dawson Gant. Like he said, he gave out all this information for you guys to reach out to him if you have any questions or you just want to link up with him. And in wrapping up, for those who don't know, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller and Deanna's info. You can find me on Twitter at Deanna S. Kent and Instagram is Deanna Kent or Kent Real Estate. And if you're interested in learning more about real estate investing, you can book an appointment with us at www.parkhillconsultantservices.com. And that's all we got for y'all. Appreciate y'all listening to another episode. See y'all next episode. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next till I'm on the way. You ain't take a risk cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way 